0: and, uh, see what we can find out from what God has to say to us tonight. Amen. I, uh, I've been digging into the word of the Lord this past week and my heart is full of a bunch of stuff. Amen. Brother Blue may have to start tapping his feet tonight. And when his foot starts tapping, I want to know, Hey, it's time to stop. Amen. But no, I, I, uh, I hope in the next few weeks. I know this coming week, uh, the beginning of the year, be really kicking off all of our Bible studies again that I'm doing in different folks' home. Um, To be honest, I I I don't know. I know I'm doing it individually with several folks, but uh, I don't know if it would it would be good for us to have uh, a discipleship class here at the church with those who would like to be involved. With that and if that's the case, that would help alleviate some of my evenings. Um, that way, I could fill it up with something else, as far as maybe even teaching some other Bible studies to folks that need the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I, I really want this year to be a focused time of getting us involved in teaching others home Bible studies or wherever Bible studies. Amen. Because I can promise you this, those that come into the church through Bible study, as opposed to those that just come through the church, I've seen, I've seen, and I know that many do come without Bible study, but if you don't root anybody in the word of God, then they're not going to be able to grow like they're supposed to in the Lord. And uh, here's the thing, as we grow, we're going to need more people that are able to teach, And other folks are going to be looking to you, amen, to help them understand the word of the Lord, amen. And you know, we we can't build this church with just one Bible study teacher. I hope that one day we can look over this place and we have a 100 Bible study teachers out there sitting and reaching out to those that are hungry, amen. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 15, the Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves, everybody say they've addicted themselves, to the ministry of the saints. They've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Amen. Tonight, I've taught this lesson in years gone by. I don't know how long it's been, but I felt this strong today while I was praying. And I want to talk to us about being addicted to the work of God. I want to talk about being addicted to the work of God. Amen. Let's talk to the Lord here tonight. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. God, I thank you that you have set us free. You brought me out of the miry clay, God. And you've allowed me to worship you in this house tonight. God, I thank you for bringing us through this year, 2022. God, I pray, I'm excited to see the things you have in store for 23. But God, tonight, here we are. Lord, we want to hear your voice one more time. I'm asking that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear and receive your word today. God, I I ask that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, that I may be able to speak only the things that you have to say. Lord, we love you, Jesus, and we thank you for it. Can we give him a hand clap of praise tonight? Praise God. You can be seated. Amen. <clears throat> now, just ride with me for just a few moments as I try to lay a quick foundation, and then we'll move on. Amen. But I, I want to, I think the last time that I tried to teach this, I got pretty bogged down in a couple of areas. But this night, I, I feel like if I can get to the end, we'll, we'll get to where we need to be. Amen. But God is faithful to those that are addicted to him. Can I, can I, I I, I will be open and honest with you. The word addicted in my, in my, in my opinion and in the way that I'm going to be using it is going to be um, devotion. It's going to be that thing that drives us. Does that make sense tonight? Amen. And I, I want, I want to establish some things with, with this, Thing that we know as addiction tonight many of us have been addicted to one thing or another in our lifetime um, we could sit here I could pass the microphone across this congregation tonight and I'm sure we could testify of God delivering us from different addictions and I'm thankful that tonight that God has brought us away from those things that we could not get away from ourselves he removed the desire amen for many folks, he removed the desire that they had had for so many years, grew up with the desire to smoke, and God took that, that, that desire away from them. Amen. But you understand what I mean when I begin to talk about addiction. You, you understand that there is such a vehement desire inside of you that says, hey, let me go back. I can't go one single day without getting at least one cigarette. I can't go one single day without, and some folks are so bad that they have to go every hour, and some folks are so bad that they have to have it every thirty minutes or so, and and uh, I, I've worked with some folks that had some some crazy weird addictions, and and I, I and I tried to help them in many different ways, Brother Mendez, and but but they had such a drive that said I've got to have my next fix, I've got to have that thing that satisfies me momentarily. Now what's beautiful about the kingdom of God is when we get filled with the Holy Ghost, we want more. Just a desire. It makes you feel good. It makes you think right. It makes you talk right. It makes you walk the right directions. And here we find that there are people in the house of God, in the kingdom of God, that the Apostle Paul is writing to Corinth, and he said, Hey, over in Achaia, the house of Stephanus, they were the first ones to get the Holy Ghost over there. He said that they were the first fruits of Achaia. He said they are the first ones to get the Holy Ghost over in Achaia. And since they got the Holy Ghost, Brother Tuffy, they have addicted themselves to the ministry or the serving of the saints of God. He didn't say that they were preachers. He didn't say that they were of any prominence. He said one thing: the house of Stephanus has addicted themselves, or can I say it this way, they dedicated themselves to serving the saints of the Lord. Not just the pastor, not just serving God in different various areas, but they. the Bible says they were addicted to serving or ministering to the saints. You with me tonight? They were all about doing the work of God. They didn't care what anybody said about them. In fact, how many of you've ever been in a situation where you've heard people say, "Man, that person's just trying to be nice to that person to get on their good side," or that person's trying to do this because uh, I've been in it. I've been in in a situation where somebody said, "Well, that person's just doing all that stuff to make the pastor happy and get his attention." Am I the only one that's ever? been in, in the midst of those types of situations where folks have been talking about other folks and say, hey, look, people are going to talk because you're getting the attention of not only those people, but you are, not, you are getting the attention of the pastor. You are getting the attention of the church. You're getting the attention of God. Why? Because that's your desire, and you've fallen in love with God so much in fact, the other thing that I've been, I struggled with this afternoon was do I preach from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because that was drawing me in. But I tell you what, I, I encourage you folks, go home, pull out your Bible, and you study 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. We call it the love chapter. What is the love chapter? He said, hey, if I, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels and I have not love, he said, I am Nothing. He said, I don't care, Sister how much I talk in tongues, but if I don't love my brother and I don't love my sister, then I have nothing. There's nothing in my life. But what, he, what I'm trying to get across tonight is the house of Stephanus. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And something happened down on the deep, deep on the inside that said, hey, if I find out a brother or sister needs something, I'm going to go help them. If I find out a brother or sister need prayer, guess what? I'll be the first one to pray. If my brother or my sister need need, need something from whatever it may be, whether it be physical or spiritual, I'm going to be there to help them and I'm going to serve them. Amen. That was the house of Stephanus. That's the word that got back to the Apostle Paul. Now I want you to understand, God is faithful. Not only does Paul recognize their faithfulness and their ministry of the saints? But God is faithful to those that are addicted to him or dedicated to him in the service of his kingdom. I want you to look at this with me. Genesis chapter number 12, verses 1 through 3 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. Unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them, him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, this is God saying, Hey, I'm going to be there to support you, Abram. If you will follow through with what I've asked you to do, I will be there to support you. Now how many of you know what God asked Abraham to do? Now let me ask you a question before I jump into that. How many of you know what drugs and alcohol does to you when you're addicted to them? Can I I want to ask a question. Do they separate you from family? Do they isolate you from everybody else? Do they cause you to contemplate whether or not life is worth living? Now let me look at let me let me put you out here. When it comes to the things of God, God asked Abraham. He said, "Hey man, I love you." He said, "I got some awesome things for you. But guess what you need to do? You need to pack your bags. And you need to pack up all your livestock. And you need to put your tents together. And I need you to just start traveling. I want you to leave home. Leave your daddy's house. And I want you to go out. And I'm not even telling you where you're going to go. Just go. Now when it comes to being addicted to drugs, we don't think anything about that, do we? it it automatically starts separating us from folks because we know that they're going to try to get us away from those things. But here it is. The God of creation wants to have a close relationship with Abraham. He said, but the only way I'm going to do this is if you follow me without reservation. Can I say... God was asking him to be addicted to his relationship with God. Can I put it that way? I'm not just trying to play, play on words. I'm trying to help us understand. God desires to have deep relationship with each and every one of us. So much so that it becomes the first thing that is important to us in our life. And then our family. And then our friends and all of the other things in in life come come together. Does that make sense tonight? But seek, Matthew 6 and 33, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then it says, and all these things shall be added to you. Am I making any sense to anybody tonight? I, I hope that you're catching what I'm trying to say. And then as a result of Abraham walking and and devoting himself to God entirely, God said, guess what, Abraham? My covenant back to you, your covenant to me is, there's going to be some things you're going to do, and you're going to leave home, and you're going to go to a land you don't know anything about, but I'm going to give it to you, and all the place that that, that I give to you will be, not just for you, but all of the seed that I raise up under you. He said, and then if anybody curses you, Abram, I'm going to curse them. And if you send blessing to anybody, guess what? I'm going to take that and I'm going to send my blessing along with your blessing. I want that kind of power with God. I want that kind of. Does anybody, does anybody here tonight want that kind of power with God? I, I, want, I want, when, when, when I just look at somebody and I say, man, God bless you. I want God to look at them and I want him to really bless them. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to be honest with you. I do believe that we can walk so spiritually in this world that, that we can help others. In the spirit, when we're walking and talking with the Lord. But first off, we've got to have an addiction to him. We've got to have a devotion to him that says, God, no matter what, I'm going to spend my my life seeking you first. David, David was addicted to the service of the Lord. And God promised David, because of his devotion, that he would establish him forever. Where do you think the seed, where, where, where Jesus came from? He was of the seed of David. Now do you understand how that David's throne can be established forever? Because the one who was born king of the Jews, Jesus Christ himself, was a direct descendant of David. And do you understand that Jesus Christ is the eternal Messiah who came to this world and dwelt among us? He was the king of kings, is the king of kings, and his throne is not ever going to end its reign ever. So therefore, we have David's throne lasting forever. And thine house... 2 Samuel 7 and 16 says, In thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee, and thy throne shall be established forever. That's what God told David through the man Samuel. He said, Look, I want you to understand it's your house and it's your lineage that's going to be on the throne forever. And it all came because he was devoted to the Lord. Now, the result of an addiction, I've already covered a little bit of this, but in the real world that we live in, there are addictions that drive people day in and day out. You have people with addictions that wake up every morning with one thing on their mind, and that is to get their next fix, regardless of the side effects of their own actions or how they will even get that next fix. These people... Do not care what other people think about them. They just need another fix. They don't care who they hurt or who they have to, con- to, to, to connive, and they don't care what they've got to steal to get that next fix. Now, I'm not condoning stealing in the kingdom of God. But I am condoning a desire that drives us, Brother Mendez, so hard that every day I wake up. Brother Blue, I can't go to bed tonight until I've got my fix of Jesus today. I've got to have my fix of Jesus today. I need him more today than I did yesterday. I need him tomorrow more than I needed him today. And the next day after that, I'm going to need him even more. Because you know why? The more that we draw closer to the coming of the Lord, the, the more crazy this world's going to become and the more of Jesus I need. Amen. Amen. A song just popped in my mind of Mary, Mary. A little more of Jesus. Amen. Uh, A little more Jesus. I'm going to have to go find that song after church. I can't remember all the lyrics. Amen. But I'm going to have to listen to that song again. Anyway, I need a little more Jesus in my life today. I need a little more Jesus in my life than I've ever needed him before. Amen. It ought to be just like getting that next fixed. God, today I'm waking up. And I can't go through this day if I don't have my time with you. That means I'm going to find some time in the Word of God, and I'm going to spend time reading and studying what the Word of God has to say to me. Amen. You don't have to go through, and you don't have to go and and, and do what everybody else does. But what you do need to do is you need to find a way to draw closer to Jesus than ever before. And the reason I felt this message so strong tonight for our church is because of what I believe God's going to do in this coming year. And what God can, wants to do in this coming year, we're going to talk about on Sunday. But I also want to help you understand, you're getting a little sneak peek here, of what God has been dealing with me about. And I want to see these things come to pass. But can I tell you this? God can only do it through vessels who are devoted to him without reservation. He's looking for people who will willingly allow themselves to be used. Can I tell you, in this age that we live in, maybe this is going to sound a little harsh, but I just want you to understand what we're dealing with in this day and age. And it's in the church more than I've ever seen it before in my life. And I'm not very old. And that is this. There is a me mentality that is driving so many Christians today that says, hey, don't, don't, you know, I, I need this in order to make it living for Jesus. And I need that so that I can make it living for Jesus. And if the church falls short of supplying us with those things, we blame the church For us falling out with God. Not just in this church, folks. I've talked to a few other pastors in the last couple of weeks. And and we've we've been discussing these things. And realizing that, hey, we're not just dealing with that here. But they're dealing with that across the world. You hear me today. But let me help you understand something. If we can ever break the mentality of, what can the church do for me? What was that president's name? I don't remember. He said, ask not what your country can do for you. John Kennedy. Why can't I can't ever remember it was him? I'll put some other president's name on it or something. But no, but you understand what I'm talking about. You, you already knew who said it. Ask not what your country can do for you. But ask what you can do for your country. That's what's wrong with our country today. I'm not trying to get political, but I want you to understand the reason we're in the place that we're at because the majority of people that live in the United States are saying, hey, to the government, give me, give me, give me, and they're not saying, hey, what can we do to make this country a better place to live? You don't have to amend me if you don't want to, but I'm just letting you understand. That's where we're finding ourselves. And let me tell you something. You see the mess that this country's in? If we allow the church to follow this whole track of, hey, what, what's the church going to do for me? What can the church give to me? How can how can the church better me? Then we're going to find the church in the same predicament that the world is in right now. The United States of America is in right now. Are you with me today? I'm not saying that the church should skate on its duties. I'm not saying any of that. But you know what? The church isn't the pastor and it's not a few selective people putting together plans and ideas to go out and help people. The church is me and Juan, and Brother Mendez, and Sister Mendez, and Mateo, and Brother Blue, and Sister Renee, and Brother Donnie, and Brother Tuffy. Are you in the church? No, I'm just kidding. And Addie and Morgan and Camden and Sister Hilton and the other Sister Hilton. I'm just kidding. My Sister Victoria and Reagan and Emmy it would have been bad if I got those two backwards. They wouldn't let me live it down tonight. But you understand, the church is not the pastor and his leadership team. The church is us working together together. To help other people, help us, help other people. Then they're going to help us, help other people. And that's how the church continues to grow. You folks with me tonight? I'm talking about being like the house of Stephanus, Being addicted to the ministry of the saints. They weren't preaching messages. I said that already. They weren't up there they weren't up there preaching the messages. You know what these folks were doing? When they found out somebody was sick, they were making soup and going and knocking on their door. Hey, pastor said y'all were sick. Here, I want to help you guys out a little bit. They found out, hey, brother or sister couldn't make rent this month. So we're going to go and talk to our brothers and sisters. We're going to pull our money together and we're going to go help somebody take care of their rent in the church. You with me today? That's ministering. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That's ministering to the saints. Can I help you understand something? Me as a pastor, doing what I'm doing right now, teaching, preaching, whatever, in the pulpit, this right here is less than 5% of what I have, of my job title. You understand that? I get to do this twice a week. The rest of my time, I'm, I need to go and spend time with folks, and pray with folks. Spend time studying the Word, finding out what we can do in the community. You follow me today, but what if what would happen if we would get a house of Stephanus rise up in this in this in this church right here, and they go? I believe it was Apollos at this point was, was pastoring in this church, and, and Paul was, was writing back to them, and he was letting them no, You understand. I, I, I want to kind of help you understand. The Corinthian church was founded by the Apostle Paul, okay? He went to Corinth. He dug out the work. He established a church, and then he felt God say, it's time to move on, Paul. I got other places for you to go, other churches for you to build. And so he put in Apollos into that church. You with me today? And so Apollos is there working. And evidently Apollos came across some things he couldn't help. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he wasn't effectively, or he asked Paul to help him or something. I don't know. But Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he said, Hey, there's some things happening there. But I want to point out this family over here. That family of Stephanus. They're helping, they're helping. Pastor Apollos, work in the midst of the people of this church and filling needs and ministering to problems and helping the widows and the orphans, whatever the case may have been, he said, I want you to understand this family is addicted to serving the saints. They weren't doing it because they wanted to look better and in Pastor Paulus' eyes, and they didn't do it for sure for the apostle Paul or to, to to call them out in his letter when he wrote the letter to the church of Corinth, but they did it because they loved God. And every day that they woke up, they were addicted. That's why I like the word that the King James used. He said they were addicted to this thing. They 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 loved it so much that it was driving every thought that they would think, every conversation that they would have, it was all revolving around, hey, how can I help so-and-so in the church? Hey, I see that there's an issue over here. Not, I'm not going to get my hands dirty so that I can go tell somebody else what I just experienced, but I've come so that I can go and I can help somebody and give them strength so that when we get to church on Sunday... We can worship God with everything that's in us so that we can call down the glory of heaven so that we can help somebody else find an altar of repentance so that they can leave that service with a newfound purpose in life. No doubt their desire was to allow that addiction to become. uh, uh, This is something that they wanted to become uh, contagious amongst the church members. Hallelujah. Flock, birds of a feather flock together is what they say. And I can promise you, now i got to be good, but I can promise you this. When people fellowship with this, the house of Stephanus, you're going to find a group of people that are like the house of Stephanus. But when you get a group of people like the other family that was mentioned in this book, I'm not going to get into that tonight. But they were a group of people that, oh, we're tolerating things in the church. We're allowing sin to abide in the church. And not only are we going to allow sin to abide in the church, we're going to flaunt that we are tolerant people. Can I tell you, sin is still sin. And sin still must be dealt with. And sin must be removed from your life. And no, no child of God should ever feel comfortable tolerating sin. Hallelujah. The addiction to the Holy Ghost and to the work of God will drive you far from tolerations of sin. And it will make you want to draw closer to God. And you will begin to feel like the Apostle Paul felt when he wrote, Oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Yeah, not just in the power of his resurrection, but also in his sufferings. And he talks about it some more. I didn't put that in here tonight. I'm not going to talk about that tonight. But I want you to understand this is how we ought to feel about our relationship with God, folks. This ought to eat us up like nothing else has ever eaten us up before. In fact, the zeal for anything pertaining to him ought to eat us up just like it did when Jesus walked into the house of God at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry, and he saw some things, Sister Renee that he didn't like. And he walked in, and he began to flip chairs over, and he began to... Drive people out of the house of God? I made sure you weren't sitting there. You know why he did it? Because he was an angry person. If you believe that for a second, let's have a good prayer meeting right now. Jesus wasn't an angry individual. In fact, he was one who loved people. So, why did he drive them out? He drove them out because they were tolerating sin in the house of God. And he said, Look, folks, this should be eating you up. This should be driving you so much that you walk into the temple and you see the money changer sitting there and you walk over to him and say hey you don't belong in the temple of the lord you need to get out of the house of god this was not a place for this should not be a den of thieves this is not a place of selling and merchandise but this is should be called the house of prayer when you come into the house of the Lord, this is a house of prayer. We call it the house of worship. We begin to magnify him when we come into the house of the Lord. We create an atmosphere. This is a place for games. This is a place for us to be uh, 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 getting, getting rich on our latest uh, pyramid scheme. Amen. But this is the place that we come into the house of the Lord. And we begin to seek the face of God. And it drives us and it gets a hold of us so strongly that we can't do anything until we've touched Jesus. Amen. Psalm 69 and 9 said, For the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. John 2 and 17, when the disciples saw what Jesus was doing in the tabernacle, in the temple, I mean, his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. I think it's time that we need to allow it to consume us just like Jesus let it consume him. I think it's time that we should allow and long for more of his glory than we've ever longed for before. Hallelujah. Moses and the Apostle Paul both back up what I'm talking about tonight. And they explain why we ought to be eaten up by this addiction of serving in the house of God. God. Amen. Deuteronomy 4 and 24. The Bible says this, for the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When God moves into your life he doesn't just move in but the Bible tells me he is a consuming fire when he consumes us he begins to get out all the junk that doesn't belong there anymore amen and if we really get a good dose of the Holy Ghost amen there's going to be a lot of witnesses saying hey they look like this house of Stephanus over there hey you look like the house of Stephanus over there amen you've been out there you've been serving the, the, the saints of the house of the Lord, amen, every time, every time you hear, amen, it's not about somebody patting us on the back, oh, good job. No, it's because they understood the first and greatest commandment, and the second one that was like it, they understood, hear, o Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the lord thy god ah somewhat with just a just a fraction of my heart just a little bit of passion no with all your heart mind soul and strength You understand, by saying all of those things, he's talking spiritual, he's talking physical, and he's talking mentally. You're not just giving God one aspect of your life, which is our spirit. You're giving God your mind. With all my mind. With all my strength. With all my heart. All of me belongs to you. That's my desire. The house of Stephanus. they understood that, God, I love you so much. I love you so much. I need more of you. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, and the second is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and 29 quotes Moses. When he said this, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12 and 29. God himself is a consuming fire. Sister Tori, if you come, I'm about to wrap this up. This is why that you will be eaten up with a passion and an addiction that says, I am serving the Lord. And I must get more of him every day. Jeremiah tells us that he was eaten up by this consuming fire. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse number 9. He writes this. He said, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak more in his name. But... His word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay, or can I put it in our terms, I could not keep my mouth shut. Amen. God gave me something to say and it was burning down on the inside of me and I tried to keep it on the inside but Brother Tuffy something welled up on the inside of him and he said man I can't keep this to myself I've got to tell them what God is trying to say to us I've got to help somebody because that's what God called me to do He said, I'm sick and tired of people making fun of me. I'm sick and tired of people saying this about me or that about me. And so he said, I'm going to keep it to myself. Do you understand? Jeremiah wasn't a popular man when he began to proclaim the words of the Lord and the people were actually beating him they were putting him in prison for what he was saying and they were doing all kinds of stuff but god kept still telling him hey you go tell my people this and you go tell my people that uh, they need to hear my voice one more time i need you to get out there jeremiah go tell them something else i've just put some more words in your mouth go tell my people and he said and he put in his mind he said god I Because I'm feared what people think and what they're going to do to me. And the longer he held it, the worse it got. Until finally he said, I got to go tell somebody. I got to help them. They need to hear from God, they need to hear what the Lord has to say to them. Can I tell you something, church? I long for the day go ahead and play I long for the day Sister Mendez that I used to know when people in the church didn't wait for the pastor to say something God began talking to them and God showed them some things about another brother or sister and with a right spirit they went back and they said hey I was sleeping last night and God gave me a dream about you. This is what He said. And before I remember times when the old timers would do that in the service, they would move through the service in the Holy Ghost and they'd go to somebody and say, Hey, God showed me something. Let me tell you something. The more I read through the book of Acts this year, I began to read through Corinthians. Brother Mendez, God called us to be saints. God put an anointing on us as saints to build up one another. No, I, I, ju- I was just reading through 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, 15 today and I, I, was, I was looking at what, what the apostle was telling the church and, and you understand everything that he was saying to them was simply this. Every time, I'm reading in a different, different uh, uh, translation than the King James this year and, and this time uh, as, as I was reading it said and this should be for the building up of the church. And the gifts that God gives us should be for the building up of the church. And he says, and prophecy should be for the building up of the church. You understand. Uh, I, 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 I got to be careful because I, I understand. Charismatics have taken this way off to the extreme. But I believe it's the will of God that his children are used the gift of prophecy and in the gift of tongues and in the gift of faith now I could tell you folks there have been many times that God's given a word of knowledge that God's given a word of wisdom God's spoken through the gift of prophecy as a preacher preaches it's happened many times in this, own, in this sanctuary. I've seen God do it. Because some of these men, even myself, some of the things that God reveals to us while we're preaching that we just let, let God say what He wants to say. How could we know other than God revealed it? I believe God wants to use us in a mighty way. My brother Tuffy, we got to be like the house of Stephanus. Our desire has got to grow so much that we can't go one day without getting a hold of the glory of God. I'm talking about an addiction to the work of God. God, I got to help somebody today. God, I need your strength you know I'm going to say this and I'm done but the Bible says and they prayed and the Bible says and great grace was upon them all great grace do you know that we as the people of God the saints of God are given grace yeah we're saved by grace But why did that people in that day need great grace? I submit to you tonight that God gave them great grace so that they can extend the grace of God to others. We're not the church of God if we're not extending the grace of God to others. It would be so easy for us, number one, to judge one another, number two to judge other folks that that aren't even striving to live for God that's not what God called us to do but what God called us to do was to obtain great grace and pass it on can I get an amen this this evening how many of you today want, want God to use you do you have a passion every day that you wake up it says, God, I've got to have more of you today. More than anything else. I'm of the opinion. No. Let me say it this way. I'm of the persuasion that if I'm struggling with something in my own life, whether it be my, the way that I treat others, whether it be Whatever. Maybe, maybe something comes up in my life that I haven't struggled with for a long time. Can I tell you how I get over these things? It's simply by saying I need more of you and falling in love with him and seeking his face. Can I tell you something? The Bible said in Acts chapter number 2, and I'm wrapping up what I said. In Acts chapter 2, and he filled them all in that house. He set upon each of them. When God comes and he fills you up, you know, when something's full, I don't have time tonight to go get a picture, but I've done this before. If you take a glass of water and you fill it with water and you fill that baby up, I don't care what you put in it. If you take it, if you take your finger and you stick it in that water cup, the density of your finger is going to force some of that water out. But if I take, I I used the ping pong balls one time. And I poured the water in. And when it filled the entire vase, all of the ping pong balls had to come out. Why? Because there was no more room for ping pong balls in that in that vase anymore. So it should be in our hearts. We get ourselves filled with, with God, the Holy Ghost. There's no room for addiction for, of, of any other kind. There's no room for gossip. There's no room for hurt. There's no room for any of those things. Why? Because the Holy Ghost helps us with these things. Can we stand to our feet tonight? I leave you with this question that's on the, on the screen this evening. Are you consumed by him? Why don't we find us a place to pray tonight? Let's, let's seek the face of God. Can you, can you do that? Can you pray, God, help me to be consumed by you? God, help me to be a vessel that you can use in a mighty way. God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. Oh, that's it. Let's call on the Lord for just a few moments. Let's let's let his word sink into our hearts and our minds tonight. God, I need you like I've never needed you before. Oh, that's it. Let's talk to the Lord for a few moments here tonight. Jesus, I love you so much. More of you, Jesus. Three, I want to be that year that I go deeper in the Holy Ghost than I've ever been in my life. That's my desire, and I believe that's God's desire. And as I said a few days ago, I think I actually said it last Sunday, I see this year as being the year of Jubilee for this church, That year that God begins to restore in our lives those things that we have been missing. The only thing is this year, if you want those things back, you're going to have to pursue them. You're going to have to pursue them. Amen. Praise God. Well, this weekend, let's remember Sunday, we're going to have a shorter service than normal. Uh, We're going to have a 10 o'clock worship service, and uh, the weekend after that, we're going to be returning back to our regular service services, where we have Sunday school at 10, and then we have our worship service at 11.30. <clears throat> Amen. But This weekend, 9.30 for prayer, 10 o'clock worship service, and then uh, the following week, just so you're aware, we, we're going to have our first youth service Friday night, January the 6th, right here in this, in this sanctuary, and so be thinking about that, invite the young folks, have a good time, we're going to have pizza afterwards, we're going to have a time of games, or I don't know what games yet, but we're going to have a time of games and just a lot of fun, and hopefully a lot of laughter, Uh, I like laughing, laughter maketh good like a medicine, I think it is, what what the scripture teaches us, Amen. but uh, anyhow, God bless y'all, and uh, we love you, and you're dismissed
1: in Jesus' name.